to Anna about burnout. When there's nothing left, when everything, all of your energy is burned up, what happens? Anna's story starts more or less as she's at the hospital for severe migraine, realizing that it's more than that. It's not just a migraine. When we work well at work, right, in a parenthesis, it isn't a sign of well-being. And we realize this when relaxing becomes difficult, when we live life for achievement and praise, but we feel tired all the time. That's when we should be alerted. Anna talks about her personal journey going through hell. She talks about the days she couldn't get up, barely telling left from right. And she also talks about what it takes to recalibrate and to rebuild an entirely new internal system that cultivates new beliefs, a sense of internal validation coming from within, feeling peace, and why an honoring of the self allows her to find abundance in life. Ana traveled to Costa Rica, lived with a regenerative community where her consumerism got challenged, and she learned that the process of healing the planet and overcoming the climate crisis actually starts with ourselves and our process and ability to heal our own lack of regeneration. And Ana has come full circle. And I truly believe in the power of sharing such vulnerable and important stories because the more we shed light on the hard stuff in life and normalize being vulnerable and having to heal at work, the more we normalize that something has to change if we want to overcome major crises that we face in the world. We can change the world if we start in our own corner. I'll say that again. We can change the world when we start in our own corner. I'm excited for you to tune into this one. Do listen to the end where I share my own personal take on my personal burnout experiences in the outro. And for now, I hope you enjoy this. This is Helena of Where Boundaries to Selves podcast. And I absolutely love and I'm very grateful to be inspired by people and their stories especially the stories on transformation, because the more we transform and learn about ourselves through transformation, the better we get at unleashing what makes us unique. And when that happens, the more we stand in our power and are able to take on a more active role in society, take it to the next level and make this world a better place. I feel so grateful that you are so open to talking about this topic. Mm, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to also talk about this topic because in my in my journey, it didn't really feel like I was able to find a lot on it and had a lot of space of like <laughs> navigating the stormy waters. So I would love to share my very deep experience with burnout and my process of letting this natural sense of unfolding happen and participating in it and finding myself in a next form of well-being that has and is just really serving me. It's serving my soul. It's serving my being. And I'm just very deeply grateful for it. And I honestly do believe that I really needed to get through this process and continue to find my way back to well-being in a form that I feel is very truthful and honoring my system today 
Should we just dive in? We can, we can dive in, you know, because we Uh, talked about your friends saying experiencing burnout. You see that from outside and not really understanding what, what they were going through, I guess. And then it happened to you. Yeah. (laughs) Then it happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. Where do you want to start with this story? I think what would be helpful is to start with my career. And what led me to this place of burnout and also some of the assumptions and misconceptions that I've had about it. You know, I started working when I was an intern, stayed with the same company for 11 years, worked my way up to the job that I really wanted. That was my dream job. I loved my work. I was just felt really grateful for being able to work in humanities and people leadership, people development, learning And then in my last role, leading culture and diversity for this big German, global German organization. And at some point, I realized that I was starting to get very tired in a way that it felt like my dreams wanted to carry me somewhere else. I wasn't really listening to and I felt really stuck by system, place, people, just my own lifestyle in general. And I was just working way too much and it became a big part of my life, I suppose, especially through COVID, which personally I I actually enjoyed. I had a very healthy COVID experience that helped me just even get my life back on track. But after that, I was just head down in work all the time. There were some friends that were getting burnt out and let's say the air was thick with a lot of my coworkers. Everyone was just tired not really motivated, not really happy. There wasn't a lot of like, yes, we're doing this with like real hard. And around the summertime last year, I had just finished doing this dual role that I was in. And the that day I finished that role, I found myself in the hospital in the afternoon because I had a severe migraine. And really bad panic attack. I thought I was having a heart attack. And so get to the hospital and they're like, wow, you have so much stress in your body. You're carrying so much stress in your body. And I was like, okay, what does this mean? When do I go back to work? I have a four day weekend coming up this weekend. So I'll take a couple days off and I'll get back to work. And it did not work that way. Let me just tell you that it ended up being almost a five month process to just being able to function in a workplace again. I spent the whole summer just not able to move on my couch. I was super angry about it at first, but like a company or a job or me, myself, would let myself get to that point, especially that point that I did not understand. I didn't understand what like severe um, burnout could be. And literature online, it doesn't tell you what burnout feels like. It's like, oh, you feel depressed and unmotivated. Like we have those days, but sometimes we bypass ourselves. We don't really listen to what our internal system is. But if we keep bypassing ourselves day in and day out, we essentially lose control or any sense of what our system is saying. We have not just our mind or our body that needs to sit at a desk or do work or meet with clients, but we have a heart. We have a spirit that also needs to be nurtured. The integration of all of these elements are what we need to prioritize. One of the biggest things that I recognized through my burnout was that I needed to let my whole system 
be accepted through rest and to not feel that I need to be a productive system in order to be valid enough to survive. (laughs) That process was huge. I would say the biggest thing was understanding that working well is not a sign of well-being. There are so many other elements that are connected yeah. to our well-being. You know, it's our motivation when we wake up in the morning. It's how do, when you wake up, do you feel stress or do you feel like you could open your eyes and look out your window and see a bit of the sun? It's like big breath. <sighs> okay, welcome new day. Hey. And I was missing that for a very long time. I think what happened is essentially I forgot how to be a human being. And I was just doing so, so much until it just ran me to the ground. It's so crazy because this notion of we're so busy and we bypass ourselves so often. Like it's in the smallest ways, right? We're in meetings. We have to use the restrooms. We don't even notice that we need to use the restrooms until we're like really need to use the restrooms. Right. And then we run there. Yeah. And then that just keeps on happening where it's just this (laughs) constant thing of, well, if I'm going to be good enough, I need to be pouring my all into it. And as you said, there's so many more. I thought that was so insightful. There's so many more aspects that go into our well-being than the output that we deliver and accepting ourselves and identifying ourselves in other areas of our life. Like a question that I was asked a few weeks ago was like, well, who are you when you don't work? Uh. And I I was kind of surprised by that question. I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, I know what I am. And then I was like, well, do I? What do I focus on outside of work? We were talking about how much I was working when I was in this new Mm -hmm. job. And so, of course, that justifies me completely being absorbed with my work. When things feel uncertain, it's easy for me to pour myself into my work because it gives me a sense of safety and security. Mm -hmm. The first time I was asked that question was in Kenya. He was a program lead for a local NGO. And he was like, so Helena, you like to dance. (laughs) You like to be in touch with customers. He was listing all of these things that I was saying I loved. And Mm. then his his immediate question after was like, so do you dance? So, and are Mm. you in a position where you serve customers? And, And every question he asked me, I was like, no, actually, I'm not doing the things that I'd actually love Uh, for myself to be doing. And, you know, I'm not in the spaces I'd like to be actually. And that was a big eye opener. And so after my trip, I came back and I, I changed things. I was like, okay, I'm going to prioritize going to dance. I'm going to prioritize doing this and I'm going to prioritize doing that. But it was still very hard to justify because it was not outcome driven. My outlook on life has always been deeply appreciative and growth oriented. I love to grow. I love to learn. I was looking at my work in a way where I was like, this is a playground. I can grow and learn. Fortunately, all the work that I did was also helpful to feeding my personal development, coaching, all these great juicy topics. I was able to learn a lot and receive a lot through it. And at the same time, there are other elements of me that were neglected. And so when you mention who are you when you're not working, I actually did an experiment with it for myself. Since the end of last year, I took a sabbatical from work. I spent the first three months having no job title. When people ask me what I do, say I'm a human being. And that was so itchy. It felt like 
so, so itchy. I even took out a description from my Instagram profile where I'm like, I'm just a person because there's so much anger that I had held up or such a big part of me was so fully dependent on like being a person who matters. We're all people who matter no matter what, period. If you exist, you matter. That's why you're here. And it took me a really long time to like get comfortable with that because of course I know, you know, I have, I have skills, I have different abilities. I'm creative. I have all these wonderful things that I really love and appreciate about myself. And at the same time, our sense of validation is so deeply tied to what we do and how we contribute in the world, which is beautiful. And at the same time, we're beings and we have to honor what we are and allow ourselves to be enough no matter what. And it feels like the power scale of that dynamic is shifted right now for a lot of us where that prioritization on how much output am I producing into this world to validate who I am, which is typically tied with how much money I make, as opposed to I'm a human being on this planet that's doing a couple things and having some fun and feeding my soul and doing the things that I love and feeling balanced and feeling well and I have enough. All of that was such a huge, uncomfortable realization for me. And it took me a while to break down that system and create a new internal program in my mind that's like, your worthiness you're deserving this and not just surviving, but feeling great, feeling grateful and not having to strive for something, but allowing myself to accept myself for simply being. That was a big one. I I personally believe <laughs> that we should always, always, always activate our imagination. We should always activate our dreams. We should always try to look at the world with like this lens of possibilities because that's what creates the world that we live in today. Innovation is made by dreamers. The world changes because of people who dream. And by activating and creating enough space to imagine and wonder and dream and learn or infuse my system with a new environment or museum or a special talk with somebody that helps activate my mind, my heart, my system in a different way. So I can imagine the future, not just for myself, but for humanity. (laughs) And that's a huge gift that I feel so strongly about is like, Give yourself space to dream and allow yourself the permission without putting more barriers or fences on in your mind, because that can just be exhausting. So much wisdom right there. I get caught in this hamster wheel of do, 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 then I'm completely depleted. There's literally no more space to like even connect sometimes. It's connecting even to to my imagination it's kind of like also a form of discipline. Like, no, you take a break. No, you you go and take care of yourself. This is important. It's easy for me to skip lunch. I've just like, no, we're going to go for a walk. We're going to remove ourselves from the computer and take a minute to breathe and connect with the surroundings and and connect to myself. When I don't do that, I, I lose the sense of joy. And that's when I know I'm out of balance is when I'm not excited to get back to work. A lot of the times when I'll stop working at a reasonable time, 
and I'll go to the gym and I'll just minding my own business. I come back and I'm like, oh, suddenly all of these things fall back into place. Mm-hmm. I had a guy with a PhD in creati- creativity on the show and he was saying the same thing. Like you need to have the space where nothing is happening for your subconscious to be marinating in all Mm -hmm. the things that you, all of the signals that you've been picking up and then it'll start working and producing ideas and whatnot. And I really, really think that play is Mm -hmm. such a huge part of that. If we can, it's like an accelerator, like not doing anything is one aspect and it's very important, but if you can go and, and play and have fun and elevate that energy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That to me is like transformational. I experience that with dance. I go into dance. I feel good about myself. I feel inspired about what I'm doing. It apparently when you have cross body movements, you Mm. connect the left and the right side of your brains and it Mm. balances you out. After dance, I'm just, I feel like a transformed human being just very mm-hmm. fresh and excited mm-hmm. and enthusiastic for life. And that's my form of play. Is, mm-hmm. is this something you also connected to when you were in that deep state of recovery? Yeah. What, what wow. were the tools you gave yourself? Thank you for asking this. And am I being just like, ah, let's talk about play. That's my favorite topic. <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, in the early days of my burnout, I could barely distinguish left from right, to be honest. So I was just trying to heal. I did like traditional Chinese medicine. I had a therapist. I, I was going to like the neurologist, the doctor all the time. I did a lot of things primarily for my body and also my system. But yeah. then there was my spirit. My spirit was so down. I couldn't even do the things that I love. My way is like, I love photography. I love skating. I write a lot of poetry and a bunch of other things, but I couldn't pick up the things that I loved because my spirit was gone. And, but then, you know, slowly but surely things started to change. I needed to be very patient in the process and patient with myself in the process, which was and is a huge gift. And as you talk about, you know, like dragging the body out for a walk or like working through lunch, a big question that came up for me is like, how do I want to, how do I want to honor myself? Not just deal with myself. How do I want to honor myself? Because if we honor ourselves, then we're, then we are in our power we have to feed ourselves that power. We have to put ourselves on this space of true self-love, true self-respect. And when I say love, giving ourselves the things that we desire, which includes experiences. And it doesn't have to mean that you need a whole lot of money for it. Sometimes it could just be like going out and laying in the sun, changing our environment, whatever it is. Most importantly, as I think about that topic of play, a big part of my journey, I would say in the past few months has been around not just playing with like my friends, but playing with the world around me. I've been very consciously adding this lens of life. Sometimes I just go outside for like 10 minutes and I'm like, all right, I'm going to play with the environment and I'll just do whatever I want, like have a walk, smile at a stranger, have a conversation. Basically what I find is like when I set these forms of intention for myself and not just intend it or say it, but like really step into it and activate it, it's brilliant. 
it helps so much with this general lightness of being and the gift of it is that it also gives to others when they interact with you. So you charge other people and you charge yourself in the process of play because it offers permission for us to take our masks of adult, whatever job title, whatever salary, whatever achievements, and we can just meet and play. And children typically don't have problems. Young children typically don't have problems playing with one another because we're in our most pure state. And when we can activate this purity of being and the joy that comes from that, that's life force energy. And that is the most giving energy that we can have is love and play. So to really integrate that, I really believe should be a conscious effort and a really mindful effort where we're like, okay, I love myself enough to allow myself play, even when it feels uncomfortable, even if I don't know how to play anymore, to just try to step in deeper and deeper and deeper until life can become play. That's my personal wish. (laughs) That's what I'm on right now. I love that so much. And I really think that when we are in this state of possibility, talk about the the, the opposite, because that's probably what most people are familiar with. But when you're in this place of like, I have to do, I'm not good enough, I have to do this, I have to work longer, I have to make more money, I have to drive the great car so that I have a sense of belonging. All of these I have tos create this this feeling of scarcity all the time because you're never good enough. You're never where you want to be. You know, I mean, there was even these surveys done with billionaires, like millionaires versus billionaires. And all of them gave the same answer to the question of how much more money do you need to make to be happy? And they were all like, oh, you know, if it's like two to three times more, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's, there's always more. There's always, always more. And you're never going to feel good enough. And it's the moments that I'm the hardest on myself where I'm like, I wasn't well prepared well enough for this meeting. My script wasn't perfect. This presentation lacked this, this, and this. The moment I'm coming at things from that angle and I'm expecting myself to be perfect, which is by definition subjective because people are looking Mm -hmm. at different things. And there's a level, there's good performance, obviously, but then there's perfectionism where we're just overly obsessing with, with things. And the minute I tap into that energy, I'm in a state of fear and mm. I can't play with my environment, right? I'm going mm-hmm. through life and I don't see things. I don't see that the the possibilities in front of me. Yeah. And it's yeah. so hard sometimes and yet so easy to tap back into that place of abundance I feel especially now I'm saying that because I'm in this new job and it's this constant flip-flopping back between scarcity oh no this doesn't feel very good okay let's tap shift back into abundance I'm doing okay I'm acknowledging my learning process I'm acknowledging the time it's taking for me to ramp up into where I want to be but that process itself can feel so draining you feel very chaotic And so in my mind, I wonder, is that what we can expect of life? What have you learned, you know, have your approach maybe to just slow down or yeah. (laughs) Wow. Oh my gosh. It's so important. And our words, the words that we tell ourselves are so important for our ways of then reacting and acting. And 
you know, that sense of, oh, I didn't get it done or I didn't do it well enough. You know, part of it is like, so not true because we do what we can in the moments that we can. That's our, that's one form of reality. And another thing that like is very alive for me right now is like this sense that reality is a shared illusion. So what we believe is what we perceive. And when we believe that time is moving too fast, time is moving too fast. When we believe that we haven't gotten there yet or that we maybe we don't even get to that point that like we don't even think like we're not good enough. Maybe that's in the subconscious mind, but the point of, oh my God, I'll be happy when I get that next promotion. I'll be happy when, no, like you will literally, if you keep saying I'll be happy when you're not going to be happy, that's a re- that's a reality because that's an illusion. And all of the things that we experience are choices. And at the same time, that point of our belief systems, I know that's a deep, deep root for where we can cultivate transformation and healing and true growth because our nature is growth. So of course, we seek to achieve, we seek to do, we seek to make, create, have impact, feel important, you know, feel that we're valid, feel that we exist, that we're seen. That's just being, you know, that's also being a human. We have these needs. And at the same time, what do we believe about these needs and how can we allow ourselves to meet these needs as well as new needs that come up after going through the pandemic, after going through a lot of technological advances, societal changes, political changes, all all of that, that impacts the world that we live in. And so what are the new needs that we have and some of those foundational elements that are important for carrying our spirit and ourself, our bodies, our hearts through life. So we can choose to allow ourselves to be carried through life by letting the rest of the culture scape wash over us. We can participate in the culture scape blindly, or we can choose the narrative, choose the reality for the culture scape that we also desire for ourselves. And in my, I suppose in my language, it's kind of like, joy activism because we don't have to let ourselves be carried under the current for so long sometimes it happens that's reality as well and at the same time to really choose like I'm going to have a conscious day where I honor myself I'm going to take those few minutes in the morning to meditate do my breath work read a little bit move my body around whatever it might be and yet at the foundation We can do all of those things to check a box. You know, I was productive this morning. I did my morning yoga. No, it's about honoring the self. It's not about being productive. And so again, that goes back to our belief systems. Do I believe that I am worthy enough to be taken very well care of by myself? And therefore as a byproduct that encourages others, that that shows others how to treat you and so much more, you know, like when we care for ourselves, when we honor ourselves, we also honor others because that's truth. And I don't have the solution for anyone. And even for myself, it's always like, again, a work in progress, but to consciously cultivate the muscle of like joy, letting it in, letting the light in and letting the light shine as a byproduct of it. That's my work. That's been a huge, huge part of my work to like, wow, I was on death bed. I am so lucky to be alive. 
I am so lucky to see this next new day and I want to cherish that. So that's just a bit yeah, more about the lens that I'm choosing and the belief systems that I am also recalibrating. And that can be super frustrating. Honestly, there are a lot of moments through my burnout where I was like, am I losing my mind? And that's horrifying. When you feel like you're losing your mind, you lose control. But that's also where the light comes in. That's where we create space to seek for a new system and let's say further develop the system that we have. Sometimes that means deleting an old program (laughs) and creating and coding a new one in the system of our mind or in the system of our being so it can serve us, so we can be surviving. Burnout is a byproduct of society or systems that no longer serve being. So therefore, we need to recultivate and recreate systems and structures to do that, whether that be internal systems or workplace, politics, whatever it is. It's interesting because the the word burnout literally, right, means you've burned it out. Like there's nothing, you've burned all, (laughs) it's all burnt, it's in ashes. What's arising? Hmm. How, How did you nurture what's arising? Going to Costa Rica, you know, learning about regenerative leadership, how has that shaped you and how are you carrying that forward? Thank you for asking that. And and rising, honestly, transformation and rising looks different for everyone. I'm a fire sign, but I've had a lot of deep transformations in my life and I enjoy it. It's a process that serves me and it's a process that I know. That's one part of my realities. And that looked like me letting go of everything and like allowing myself to let go of so many things like selling all my furniture at home, splitting from my partner who I really dearly loved and of course still have love for and doing this uncoupling with so many things in my life because I was like, I can't survive anymore in this system. I have to just like <sighs> clear space, clear space, clear space. So that was my way of the beginning of rising is knowing and trusting like, okay, if I clear space, I honor my truth. I know there's something through this. And so I went through that process. And at the beginning of this year, I I chose to follow my intuition to different places that would offer me, I don't know if it's answers, but just an experience that I felt was necessary. I spent a month in Japan and didn't have an itinerary, but I had the intention where I was like, I just want to feel peace, let myself be somewhere and not have to achieve seeing every place, but just relax and relaxing is, yeah. is really difficult when you've been a total workaholic and somebody that lives on achievements and praise. I spent some time in Costa Rica in the regenerative community and did some ethnographic field research with some of the leaders there and tried to understand like what is regeneration? What does this mean? What does this look like in community form and how does it serve? It's people when people are operating in a system or a structure like that. And to be honest, I I didn't know what I was getting myself into at all <laughs> because my typical form of going somewhere and staying is like consumption, you know, but this is a different way. It's participation and giving and receiving oh, and yeah. nourishing in a way that is very different. And so... In exploring this topic of regeneration, we also see that through 
our power systems. We, we're looking for regenerative use cases for everything. And that also includes regeneration within. If we're in a culture scape where we depend on an annual performance review that tells us how good we did, we give our belief and our power outwards, and then it's fed back to us. And of course, some people's realities and their perspectives are important. That helps us grow. However, at the same time, regeneration is a way for us to come back within, reclaim our own internal power systems and power sources, and operate from that way. And that's in a space where we can feel like real people (laughs) and feel like we have the tools and the resources within and can cultivate them within, can activate them within. So we can regenerate ourselves. A lot of our power is given outwardly in hopes to be able to receive it. And these systems don't work in the same way that they used to. And so it's important for us to activate some of these things where it's like, okay, what do I need right now? It's a tool, it's an internal conversation tool. Simple question. What do I need right now? What's important for me right now? Hmm. I feel a bit tired. I'm going to have a nap. I feel like I need to see the outside. I'm going to go get charged with the sun for a little bit. That then, when you keep building these muscles, we end up being able to regenerate ourselves because we honor this system. We have deep belief in our own system. By participating with deep belief in your own system, operating from an integrated being where you don't have to be fully healed. I personally don't know if we're ever fully healed, but I I would rather say the the term development. We're committed and devoted to our development and growth as human beings. And we trust that our system itself is capable of carrying us through. This is where our power comes from. And then by participating in community form with others who are also practicing this. And that also involves the environment that we're operating, the waste that we generate, the food that we consume, so many other things. In participation in those spaces, wow, that's gorgeous. That's joy. That's like pure being, pure life. It's it's incredible. And that's something that I feel really devoted to in my own personal life is to try to embody that more and more. I love that so much. I love that so much because it kind of reminds me of a conversation I was having the other day. And the conversation was like, are you in charge of your own confidence or not? And I was like, yeah, of course you are, because you can do small things that show you that you can in yourself. You can do the mm-hmm. things, you can show up and do, do hard, the small hard things. You can take yourself to the gym when you don't feel like it. You can do this, yeah. and then suddenly you start building that confidence in, in yourself. And I feel like it's the same logic behind taking care of yourself if you start to nurture and care for yourself and actually honor yourself of course you're building capacity not only within yourself but within for others as well and you honor that and then suddenly that trust in yourself to take care of yourself you trust others to take care of themselves you role model for them and 
that has ripple effects. The most peaceful people, the most inspiring and intuitive and fierce also leaders that I've been able to work with. And I'm very fortunate that I get to work with one right now. She's our CEO at Lumen. She creates so much capacity within herself mm. and she honors herself so much. She'll be outwardly transparent and be like, I thought I totally failed this morning's meeting. This and this and this happened. And I felt like I didn't have it, have it in me anymore. And then I did this, this, and this, and I feel I'm back on track now. And she holds mm. so much capacity for herself. So real. At the same yeah. time, she's allowing for us to do that, you know, to yeah. show up authentically and vulnerably and and do that for ourselves. I think yeah. that that's truly how um, we have to be not yeah. only stepping into the future, but creating the future creating the future and one thing that I also admire about that story is that a person who knows themselves and has belief in themselves enough is not afraid to be vulnerable because typically vulnerability can be negatively associated with a person's worth or their strength and at the same time when we know like <laughs> I'm me you know like sometimes we goof sometimes we don't sometimes we're tired sometimes we don't sometimes we're on sometimes we're off that's all real it doesn't have anything to do with my value as a human being. It's just real. And to be able to share those stories, I feel, is also just such an important step for even like shifting a culture scape as well, because we can't be perfect. We can't pretend that we're perfect all the time. That doesn't make sense. We're not, you know, robots. AI isn't even perfect. Come on. <laughs> Nothing's perfect. And also everything's perfect in that own way. Yeah. I would love to share actually some tools that came to mind as resources for navigation that I feel are just very deeply helpful. Well, for one, there's a chance to do belief mapping to create a spider chart that like, if we have an action that happened, to take a moment and pen to paper, journal through, what is my belief about this? Go to the core root of that belief and then seek to transform what that belief could be in our next form of dream weaving or the reality that we wish to have. Because then from there, what can then branch out in that new belief is different. We don't abandon ourselves because we failed. We hold ourselves. And we also perceive failure in a completely different way. A part of life. It's not a disaster. So doing real deep belief mapping is incredibly important for processes like this. And that's also where we go to that space of dreaming and imagining. Let's dream up new belief systems. There's also nonviolent communication, which is essentially a form of communicating needs and holding space for your own boundaries and respecting the boundaries of other people. It's incredible. It's actually an older methodology, but it's very, very active. A lot of really advanced teams leverage forms of nonviolent communication. Actually, the regenerative community that I stayed at is called Sonia. They also use nonviolent communication in their practices as well. And the topic of boundaries, like where are our boundaries? Are we just offering ourselves and everyone access to us if we are in maybe 
a team or a culture or whatever it might be, like where do we draw the line for ourselves and when do we bend the line unnecessarily and why do we do that? And that's an art, <laughs> like that's an art and a science to be like, where is my line? But when you practice it enough and you're very clear on it, then you have a stronger form of self-truth and internal dialogue of self-truth. And you're able to check in with yourself more instantly and therefore honor yourself faster, show people how to treat you, show yourself how to treat you, and also getting out of your own way. Like sometimes our ego just gets so deeply intertwined with the expectations of how we should be or what we should do, or even when we are sick and ill, the ego or whatever it is, you know, a different voice in the mind is saying, why is it taking you so long to heal? Are you done? You're going to fail this. You're going to miss that. There are just so many toxic voices sometimes. And, you know, I say that for myself, like that plus conversations I've had with friends, that's the only reality that contributes to this voice in this form and to understand who are those voices? What do they say? What are their demands? Is it from my childhood? Is it from a trauma? Is it from a healed space? And activating and allowing the ones that are nourishing us rather than depleting and punishing us. And again, that goes back to the belief that we deserve to be well. We deserve to thrive. We deserve to live good lives for ourselves and have joy within them. That's the work. And that's done with heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that's so much hard work, right? And when you've done that work for me, like I feel like the majority of my twenties was spent understanding how to navigate the stresses at work. And then when I'd somewhat learned how to manage myself, my emotional stress mainly, because I'm very emotional. It was like, okay, how can I now start following my heart? How do I know my heart? Because you mentioned, you know, the um, nonviolent communication and being able to communicate your needs. And for me, a big uh, learning has been, okay, what what are my needs? Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about boundaries. Okay, what do I need to give myself? Why am I pouring myself into this way much more? Why do I seek this kind of validation? Where do I need to do the inner work and show up for myself and I can't expect it from others? What are these needs? What do they look like? Mm. And that's just like a lifelong journey. And and even that internal coach, the internal voice that's asking what are my needs, there's always also space to cultivate growth there, like to offer a greater sense of like, okay, what are the new tools that my internal coach, that my higher self, whatever way you want to call it, mm-hmm. what are those tools and resources that will help and support the next level of asking myself questions around my needs or of listening to what my dreams are or allowing my imagination to breathe? And that space of like joyous growth, and it doesn't have to be hard work I'm still in process of it's like okay hard work can just be so daunting and scary and exhausting and have stress related to it and time blah but maybe there's another way to still integrate intention and mindfulness and patience with the self and 
anything else that's needed in the recipe of doing our work. And I really believe that includes a greater sense of the feminine energy as well to like, yeah, let's have a little bit more softness in this process. I fully agree with that. And I think that it's the time in, in the, I mean, it's, it's time right now where organizations are, they face so much turmoil and so much like markets are shifting, consumer behaviors are changing ever so fast. Digitalization and technology have really accelerated how we perceive transformation, um, where the pace of transformation it feels, because mm-hmm. organizations have this increased competitiveness and have to adopt yeah. faster and faster to markets or set themselves up in different ways that they can adopt a transformation and. And so I'm curious to hear what regenerative leadership can teach business leaders because I was doing some research and I was finding that regenerative leadership is about that focus on the long-term sustainability and it's a holistic thinking. It's about promoting innovation and experimentation to like understand what actually works for the community or not. You engage the people. So it's a co-creative process. It also says that it's a commitment to continuous learning because you are finding these ways to improve that space of that intersection between the human and the ecosystem that it's within, essentially. Yeah, I think it would just be helpful to have the baseline of the biological term of regeneration is essentially the process of renewal, restoration, and growth that helps us or ecosystems, organisms, be more resilient to natural fluctuations or events. And so that's the, that's the intention with regeneration. And we, our bodies, have been regenerating. And the, the, the form of regenerative leadership is actually really integrating mind, body, heart, soul, slash spirit, and knowing that there's trust in the system, putting our energy and our power source back in our internal system and promoting that for others. And I see that, I suppose, more in like a trend looking at forms of religion and also spirituality. There's such a huge rise of spirituality and the shift. And I'm not saying that to put and force anyone to believe a certain thing and fully you know respect and honor all forms of practice but slash and a lot of people are looking at themselves in a way that oh I'm a manifester I can manifest my life I can make my wishes and my dreams and have them come true I have the power to create my reality this form is actually shifting and I believe it's regenerative because it's shifting the form of worship to from like an outward source, an external God, a deity, to this inward sense of like, oh, I have this deep power that runs through me. So I can also have a sense of ownership of my life, ownership of my system, responsibility, and not and that's a you know, that's a shift from putting all of our hopes and dreams in a system 
to serve us, to nurture us. Of course, those need to exist. And those are very, very important pillars of operating societies, cities, organizations, you name it, communities. And at the same time, by trusting that internal system and knowing that there's deep power within it and operating from that form of belief, that's where we can have our breakthroughs. That's where we can have our growth. That's where we can have our innovation, our ways of working with others in a form that can be deeply not just serving or productive, but also nourishing ourselves in the process. And that's where we need to be going. That's what's important for us to be able to survive just the general culture scape of where we are now because people are just getting tired and it's not sustainable. We're operating from it or we have been operating for a long time from like a very unsustainable form of life and lifestyle. So the opportunity space is to try to understand how might we find it within ourselves to activate and transition into a new form without breaking and or if we do break how do we find ourselves through to that new form of transformation of growth of well-being i really center it around well-being because that's the core of it mm-hmm. when we're well when earth is well the ecosystems are well when she's not she's not we are not and it's the same for our own internal bodies, for our own system. Yeah. Um, Are you going to be trying to look to go back into corporate or is that a closed chapter? How are you moving forward? Wow. I will absolutely answer the question how I am moving forward. With curiosity, patience, openness and love that's who I'm choosing to move forward and I'm also allowing myself to move forward without having the answers of the future because every day that I live is a new day that where my mind can expand where my experiences change where I maybe meet somebody that you know creates a new mental path or pattern or a new connection, whatever it is. So I'm allowing myself to navigate in the world, not by a project plan or a deadline. Oh God, what a terrible word. But rather like day by day and trusting that as long as I'm honoring my truth, as long as I'm like really devoted to like the journey of life, I will and am not just fine. But that's a that's my way for now. So sometimes it gets itchy. I'm like, what am I gonna do? But I'm also like, I'm doing already. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So having these forms of internal dialogue and knowing I don't need to know. I just need to do the things that are calling and allow, you know, this process to unfold in the beauty that I know it is, because it is. It's beautiful and it's true and it's real and it's I'm in it and I'm just very deeply grateful to be in a space like this and I wish it for everyone to have like a pause and to let themselves just, you know, be in the journey. So let's see what happens. (laughs) 
I respect that response um, so much. And I, whatever comes your way, it'll be great. And I do believe as well that if we are able to, if we focus on cultivating the right energy, the right things will come into our lives. And all we have to do essentially is, is, is respond. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being so honest and uh, authentic and for sharing um, your, your experience and your journey this, these past few months. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for creating space yeah. for it. And it's not easy, you know, like sometimes it looks like fun and games and um, it is that, but it's also, you know, scary and all the emotions come up and every day is a whole journey and it's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Being in it is important. Yeah. It's easy to, to be reflected. Exactly. It's easy to look back and be like, oh yeah, you know, this is what happened and da 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 da. Yeah. appreciate you and everything that you shared with us thank you so much wow thank you and actually there is something that feels that feels tugging actually for me it's a note about presence if i can add this last bit the greatest gift that we can allow ourselves to receive is presence because by letting go of like one finger there, one foot there, one, you know, mind thought there. And just like sitting in a space and allowing your eyes to see and perceive everything that's happening around you and connect with the people that are right in front of you. That's the magic of time because then time is weightless and you're in it. And these moments of deep presence probably really experienced with like moments of deep joy or if you're traveling or if you're doing something that you really love these are our magic moments of transformation because we're actively in alignment with the exact moment i love that so much and i was actually the other day i'm looking for it right now i read stress is a sign that you lost the present moment because the next moment has become more important than life itself. Yes. Ah. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for creating this space. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for showing up fully. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Oh. I nearly burned out in my master's program. I was working and studying at the same time and my thesis nearly killed me, I swear to God. I remember going to a Chinese energetics healing practitioner and her telling me that if I continued down this path, the way that I was going, that I was going to burn out. My first thought was when that, when she told me that is, oh, I can't burn out just yet. I'm super early in my career. And my second thought was, wow, I do such a good job at betraying myself. I'm literally at the edge and all I can think of is how if this is not great timing. Maybe later. <laughs> and then when I got home, I literally collapsed into tears. It was like a really messy show. <laughs> and my partner at the time had no clue how to console me or give me any kind of real heartfelt empathy. 
everything felt like a disaster at that point and a real feedback moment for me because not only was I disrespecting myself, but that was also leading me to being in a relationship that wasn't nurturing. And it was also leading me to a place where my job nor my studies felt nurturing, when in fact they can. And I felt so lost. And there was no way for me to slow down, I felt, because I had real deadlines, right? And those were intense times. But I actually had to make a few really bold decisions. It's when I decided that I knew the relationship had to be worked on or else it was going to be over. It's also when I decided that I needed to take life less seriously and start to acknowledge that less is more and really lean into celebrating the small wins because that was something that would give me tremendous amount of energy. But this was a band-aid because the next year after I graduated was still very triggering for me. I was always afraid that I was going to push myself over the edge. And luckily that didn't happen. I'm not quite sure why, because I had definitely hadn't like fully gone onto my healing journey. And I was definitely still an emotional wreck inside during that first job post masters. But the following year is especially when COVID started to hit were very transformative for me. I learned similar lessons during those years as Anna did on the importance of self-compassion, the importance of self-care and self-dialogue and what it means to be authentic and to have boundaries and to use and to tap into the present moment. And it's been a journey ever since. And I would love to hear your journey and your experiences and your thoughts about, you know, burning out and stress and, and healing and overcoming it. Shoot me a message on IG or LinkedIn. I can't wait to hear from you. And with this, I wish you a regenerative week and until soon. Oh, and also remember to like, subscribe, and follow me because that really, and rate and review me because that really just helps me reach more people and grow the podcast. So thanks so much and until very soon.